Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding National Liberal Arts College. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 13th edition of the 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year, theater professor Todd Quick will preview the college's upcoming production of A Child's Christmas in Wales that opens on November 21 at the Wells Theater. Sports Information Director Dan Nolan is back, this time to preview yet another exciting weekend for Fighting Scots Athletics. It's one full of events and full of possibility. Monmouth College and the Buchanan Center for the Arts of Monmouth are staging a holiday production that amounts to must-see theater. A Child's Christmas in Wales will be presented from November 21 through November 24 at the college's Wells Theater. For showtimes and ticket information, check out the theater department's homepage, and that's monmouthcollege.edu slash theater, and that's theater spelled R-E. The play is directed by Monmouth Theater Professor Todd Quick, and it's a co-production of Monmouth College and the Buchanan Center for the Arts. Todd says that audience members will enjoy both the words and the music that will be featured in the play, the play's an adaptation of one of Dylan Thomas's better-known poems. Yeah, it's a wonderful stage adaptation of the classic uh, Christmas poem, A Child's Christmas in Wales, by the Welsh poet Dylan Thomas, uh, which is just a long narrative poem that the playwright Adrian Mitchell adapted for the stage. Uh, what's really special about this adaptation is it features heavily features Thomas's actual language, which is just remarkable in its simplicity, but also the complex imagery. Uh, the language is almost Shakespearean in, in the quality of the image work in the production. Uh, but on top of that, they wisely paired Thomas's language with these great Welsh carols and hymns and traditional holiday Christmas carols and favorites that are some of them our audience will recognize and some of them will be uh, new songs for the audience, but I guarantee that people will leave humming some of the songs from the show. I had the opportunity to act in this production uh, a few years ago when I was uh, working at the University of Idaho in Moscow, Idaho, and I really fell in love with it. And I knew the first time I got to experience it from the other side of the table that this was going to be on my directing shortlist. And so I'm really excited that I was able to find an opportunity and a venue and a group of people that are just bringing this story to life so beautifully. You know, it's just about the perfect way to kick off the holiday season for people. And, you know, there's something really beautiful, even though this is a Welsh family from a different time period, a different place. I feel like watching this show, everyone recognizes their own family up there on stage, the good and the challenging. And the production of A Child's Christmas in Wales will mark the return of theater professor and department chair Doug Rankin to the stage. 
year hiatus. Doug was last seen on stage at the Wells Theater the year the Wells Theater opened. He was in the inaugural uh, production at the Wells Theater, and then he spent the last 30 years really doing every other possible thing. You know, Doug is pretty much synonymous with Monmouth College Theater. You can't really go far into a day without Doug doing five or six different jobs to help, you know, make our theater department thrive. So it was really exciting when he <laughs> agreed to to step into this role. I remember the conversation pretty vividly because we were in the theater and he was finishing up some lighting design work and he had mentioned how he was ahead of schedule on lights and scenic and he was looking forward to actually getting to see his wife a little bit during this production, which is kind of rare. And I said, well, about that, how would you like to play Dylan Thomas? And he, uh, you know, wisely went home to check with his wife, Tammy, uh, but messaged me a couple of hours later and was excited to step into the role. The community members in the production are headlined by Monmouth resident Drew Carlson, who turned 12 earlier this month. Drew plays the younger version of Dylan Thomas, and Todd says that Drew is one of several young actors who are doing quite well in rehearsal. But he, you know, is keeping up with or zooming past some of our college actors. He's the first one at rehearsal. He was the first one off book. You never need to give him a note twice because he's just super sharp. You know, we have we have a lot of great young kids, uh, you know, children of some of our faculty colleagues here at the school. Um, we have Henry Acremi coming back, who a lot of audiences saw last spring starring in the production of Oliver. So he and Drew Carlson together on stage are really exciting to watch. As Todd points out, A Child's Christmas in Wales is a true community production that makes it a different kind of production for him to direct. Absolutely. We have 25 actors involved with this show, and just over half of them are from the community. It's a pretty even split, but I think we, at last count, had 13 from the community and 12 from the college. So it's a nice balance. Well, for me as a director, I typically work on relatively small cast productions. So just managing the bodies on stage uh, is, a, is a big difference. Uh, you know, putting 25 people on a relatively small theater stage is a unique challenge and opportunity. Uh, and, you know, we're working with actors, you know, as young as eight years old and as old as You'd have to ask my boss, Doug Rankin, how old he is. Uh, I can't give that information out. Uh, but So we have a big age range in the cast, which is exciting, I think, working with actors with incredibly different levels of experience, uh, different reasons for wanting to be involved in a production, uh, different goals for their work on the production. But I think all of that is able to come together to create something pretty exciting. Todd says that Mammoth is fortunate to have a strong partner in the Buchanan Center for the Arts. Right. Uh, one of the unique features of our theater department and our programming here at the college is we have uh, a robust partnership with a local arts organization, the Buchanan Center for the Arts. And so each academic year, we have one project where we uh, collaborate with the Buchanan Center, whether it's a big spring musical or sometimes a children's production or uh, every other year we have a holiday show. Uh, so this is uh, our co-production offering for the year. Doug Rankin is a Monmouth graduate, but as Todd points out, he's not the only alumni connection in the production. Uh, one of the things that we're excited about with this production, we have uh, Dane Feenstra, who's a Monmouth College alum, who's uh, 
returning to the college to be our music director for this production. Um, so it's been really a great opportunity for our students to work with an alum of the music program who's also was heavily involved in the theater department while he was a student here. And, you know, this continues what I see as a long and rich tradition of the theater department and the music department uh, collaborating on productions, even unofficially. We have uh, almost all of our college actors in this production are members of the various choirs and bands and music ensembles, which is one of the strengths of our program that we all work so hard to uh, cooperate and collaborate on scheduling so that our students who are so talented in so many areas can really do a little bit of everything in the performing arts. That's theater professor Todd Quick. He's the director of A Child's Christmas in Wales, which will be presented from November 21 through November 24 at the college's Wells Theater. The play is a co-production of Monmouth College and the Buchanan Center for the Arts. To order tickets, you can go online at monmouthcollege.edu theater. And to read more about the production, check out the excellent story written by my colleague Barry McNamara. It's in the news section of the Monmouth College website, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu news. It's another big weekend for Fighting Scots Athletics. The women's soccer team is headed to Minnesota to make the program's first appearance in the NCAA Division III tournament. Both cross-country teams are headed to Wisconsin for their respective regional meets, Football is playing St. Norbert at home for a berth in the NCAA Division III football playoffs, and men's basketball will tip off its highly anticipated 2019-20 season this weekend in Glenny Gymnasium. In other words, a whole lot is happening in Fighting Scots Athletics. And joining us to talk about those events and more is Mama's Sports Information Director Dan Nolan, He's the man who keeps the world informed about Mammoth Athletics because he's the man behind MammothScots.com, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. John Welty's men's and women's cross-country teams won't have the best weather this weekend, but they won't mind running in it because both teams will be running in the NCAA Midwest Regional Championship running up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin this weekend. A uh, great weekend to go up north with a, a cold snap, uh, but running in the uh, regionals up there, and uh, we're just looking at uh, to see how well we can finish up there, hopefully be in the top 20 uh, teams and uh, and build on that because we do have uh, young squads, both men and women, and, and they both ran great uh, a couple of weeks ago at the conference meet, so we're hoping to continue that uh, up in the in, uh, the Dairyland this weekend. Uh, only the top two or three go to the Nationals, and then there's a certain number of uh, runners off of non-qualified teams that advance too. So, you know, we're we're not uh, real optimistic we'll gain by the Nationals, but we think we might get some regional qualifying kids. So, uh, we'll just keep our fingers crossed and, and see if they can run through the cold. The Monmouth women's soccer team will also compete in the cold this weekend. That's because they beat Knox College to win the Midwest Conference Tournament last weekend, which was held at Knox College. But Coach Nick Rizzo's squad won't mind playing in the cold either because they will be making Monmouth history. 
Women's soccer, uh, congratulations. You won the conference uh, tournament, so you get to go to the national uh, um, NCAAs this weekend. Congratulations, you go to Minnesota during a cold snap. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword, but I, I know Coach Rizzo is uh, more than happy to take the women up north, and, and uh, you know they're fired up, ready to go, and it'll be our first experience in 26 years uh, of the program to go to the NCAA tournament. This is first round of the regionals. We'll see how we do, and, uh, you know, anything can happen. Uh, soccer, as so often said, is not a fair sport. It only takes one break to get you the win. So uh, we'll see if we can pull out a win against St. Thomas up there. And then if we do that on Saturday, we'll be playing uh, on, on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Uh, they'll be playing the winner of the Illinois Wesleyan Wisconsin Whitewater uh, game. So uh, every team up there, I think, has at least 14 wins. So a uh, very good uh, four-team uh, uh, tournament uh, in St. Paul, Minnesota this weekend. Dan says that Monmouth's players will have an extra motivation to win this weekend. It's to keep the season going for one of their top players who will be away from campus this weekend to represent her country in another sport. I, th I think if you're uh, Coach Rizzo, the only thing you approach differently is it's a long overnight trip. Uh, they'll take two days to get up there. They'll drive uh, about halfway on uh, on Thursday night so they don't have to miss any classes. Uh, then they'll go and uh, do a workout on the actual field uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, there's some other uh, uh, housekeeping type things that that they have to do. Coach Rizzo has to attend a, a pregame meeting. We had a conference call on Tuesday. So it's just a little bit different. For the women, it's really not any different. You go out, you play 90 minutes of soccer, or as we found out last Saturday, 110 minutes of soccer plus a shootout at the end. So uh, from the team aspect and preparation, really not much uh, change. You'll be on turf, and, and fortunately we've got the, the turf field here at uh, Zorn Memorial Stadium. So he's been practicing on that uh, all week after we got the snow cleared off. So really uh, it, it's, it's no different than every other match. We will be short our leading scorer, Cara Jade Gordon, uh, who's playing for the uh, Jamaican national lacrosse team this week. So uh, we're, we're without her, but the team on uh, on Monday when they got the uh, pairing said, you know what, let's win this weekend so we can get KJ back for the next round. And then at high noon on Saturday at Bobby Wool Memorial Field at April Zorn Memorial Stadium, Monmouth and St. Norbert will face off with a berth in the NCAA Division Three football playoffs on the line. You know, it's it's odd. Uh, we have played uh, teams before twice in a in a season. And I look back in the early stages of the Knox games and the in the rivals in the 1800s, uh, but this will be the first time in the uh, history of the Knox of the uh, Monmouth uh, St. Norbert series that we played twice in the same year. Of course, we played them uh, back on September 28th. Uh, uh, jumped out to a 31-7 first quarter lead and, and won that one. Uh, but it's Monmouth and uh, St. Norbert again for the conference tournament uh, title and the NCAA berth. So it's a little bit different. You've got a fresh scouting report. However, both teams have made massive changes uh, since that September 28th meeting. So it's not quite like starting from scratch, but it's uh, it, it, there are going to be some nuances to this game that we didn't see that first time around. Dan says that both teams' offenses are better than what fans saw back in September. And he says that Mammoth coach Chad Braun will have his Scots prepared for yet another big game against the Green Knights. Expect uh, both offenses are, are playing a little bit better, or actually quite a quite a bit better. Uh, defense has been our staple this year, so uh, you know, hopefully we can shut uh, St. Norbert down. But you know they've outscored their last five opponents, 43 to six. Uh, so that's a, a 
pretty big margin to make up. Uh, and, but, uh, you know, the defense uh, for us played much better uh, last week uh, against Knox, and, and that was one thing Chad Braun was a little concerned about because he felt the defense had taken a, a couple of steps back. But I think we've got that back. Um, the offense is really clicking. We're um, a multiple-look offense, so uh, we're really excited. Um, St. Norbert has kind of solidified their offense also. So, uh, you know, it could be a shootout. But, you know, you look at the last uh, few championship games, 10-7, uh, 9-6 in overtime. So <laughs> it, it might be a, a one or two touchdown game. You, you, just, you never know. It's, uh, you know I, I'd suggest everybody get there early. It's, an, it's a noon start. It's an hour earlier than normal. But uh, should be a great game uh, with two really great teams. And as four fall sports continue their seasons this weekend, the Monmouth men's basketball team will open up what they hope is a campaign that includes a trip to the postseason. Yep, uh, men's basketball set to go, uh, ranked number two in the uh, Midwest Conference preseason coaches poll. And, and we've got everybody back uh, from a year ago when we uh, made the tournament back to back years. So uh, maybe this year we can we can threepeat that. But uh, we open up on uh, Friday night, six o'clock uh, against Eureka, and that'll be a, a tough match. It's always a tough match with the Red Devils. And then on uh, Saturday at 530, we play McMurray. So we open up with uh, two home games, and we're actually one of the last Midwest Conference men teams uh, to open our season uh, going into the end of this weekend. It's just us and Lawrence that uh, have yet to play. So uh, we're taking our time getting uh, ready and uh, we're all set to go. It should be an exciting year. That's Monmouth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan. He's the man behind MonmouthScots.com, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. Don't forget, if you can't make it to the football or the men's basketball games this weekend, you can watch them live streamed over MonmouthScots.com. We're still waiting on word from St. Thomas about whether the women's soccer games will be live streamed. But be sure to check in on MonmouthScots.com for the latest information. To follow all Mammoth Athletics on Twitter, be sure to go to MC Fighting Scots. And for all of Monmouth College's social media accounts, check out the bottom of the homepage of the Monmouth College website, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu. And that's going to be a 30 for the 13th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year. I hope you enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day.